chapter three part two of the life of washington volume five by john marshall this librivox recording is in the public domain those who were of opinion that the occasion demanded a full trial of the ability of the government to enforce obedience to the laws were also of opinion that policy and humanity equally dictated the employment of a force which would render resistance desperate the insurgent country contained sixteen thousand men able to bear arms and the computation was that they could bring seven thousand into the field if the army of the government should amount to twelve thousand men it would present an imposing force which the insurgents would not venture to meet it was impossible that the president could hesitate to embrace the latter of these opinions that a government entrusted to him should be trampled under foot by a lawless section of the union which set at defiance the will of the nation as expressed by its representatives was an abasement to which neither his judgment nor his feelings could submit he resolved therefore to issue the proclamation which by law was to precede the employment of force on the same day a requisition was made on the governors of new jersey pennsylvania maryland and virginia for their several quotas of militia to compose an army of twelve thousand men who were to be immediately organized and prepared to march at a minute's warning while steps were taking to bring this force into the field a last essay was made to render its employment unnecessary three distinguished and popular citizens of pennsylvania were deputed by the government to be the bearers of a general amnesty for past offences on the sole condition of future obedience to the laws it having been deemed advisable that the executive of the state should act in concert with that of the united states governor mifflin also issued a proclamation and appointed commissioners to act with those of the general government meanwhile the insurgents omitted nothing which might enlarge the circle of disaffection attempts were made to embark the adjacent counties of virginia in their cause and their violence was extended to morgantown at which place an inspector resided who saved himself by flight and protected his property by advertising on his own door that he had resigned his office they also made similar excursions into the contiguous counties of pennsylvania lying east of the allegheny mountains where numbers were ready to join them these deluded men giving too much faith to the publications of democratic societies and to the furious sentiments of general hostility to the administration and particularly to the internal taxes with which the papers in the opposition abounded seemed to have entertained the opinion that the great body of the people were ready to take up arms against their government and that the resistance commenced by them would spread throughout the union and terminate in a revolution the convention at parkinson's ferry had appointed a committee of safety consisting of sixty members who chose fifteen of their body to confer with the commissioners of the united states and of the state of pennsylvania 
this committee of conference was not empowered to conclude on anything they could only receive and report the propositions which might be made to them men of property and intelligence who had contributed to kindle the flame under the common error of being able to regulate its heat now trembled at the extent of the conflagration it had passed the limits they had assigned to it and was no longer subject to their control the committee of conference expressed themselves unanimously in favor of accepting the terms offered by the government and exerted themselves in the committee of safety to obtain a decision to the same effect in that committee the question whether they would submit peaceably to the execution of the law retaining expressly the privilege of using all constitutional means to effect its repeal was debated with great zeal the less violent party carried it by a small majority but not thinking themselves authorized to decide for their constituents on so momentous a question they afterwards resolved that it should be referred to the people this reference resulting in demonstrating that though many were disposed to demean themselves peaceably yet a vast mass of opposition remained determined to obstruct the re-establishment of civil authority from some causes among which was disaffection to the particular service the prospect of bringing the quota of troops required from pennsylvania into the field was at first unpromising but the assembly which had been summoned by the governor to meet on the first of september expressed in strong terms its abhorrence of this daring attempt to resist the laws and to subvert the government of the country and a degree of ardor and unanimity was displayed by the people of other states which exceeded the hopes of the most sanguine friends of the administration some feeble attempts were indeed made to produce a disobedience to the requisition of the president by declaring that the people would never be made the instruments of the secretary of the treasury to shed the blood of their fellow-citizens that the representatives of the people ought to be assembled before a civil war was commenced and by avowing the extravagant opinion that the president could not lawfully call forth the militia of any other state until actual experiment had ascertained the insufficiency of that of pennsylvania but these insidious suggestions were silenced by the general sense of the nation which loudly and strongly proclaimed that the government and laws must be supported the officers displayed an unexampled activity and intelligence from every quarter gave full assurance that with respect to both numbers and time the requisitions of the president would be punctually observed the governor of pennsylvania compensated for the defects in the militia law of that state by his personal exertions from some inadvertence as was said on the part of the brigade inspectors the militia could not be drafted and consequently the quota of pennsylvania could be completed only by volunteers the governor who was endowed with a high degree of popular elocution made a circuit through the lower counties of the state and publicly addressed the militia at different places where he had caused them to be assembled on the crisis in the affairs of their country so successful were these animating exhortations that pennsylvania was not behind her sister states in furnishing the quota required from her 
on the twenty fifth of september the president issued a second proclamation describing in terms of great energy the obstinate and perverse spirit with which the lenient propositions of the government had been received and declaring his fixed determination in obedience to the high and irresistible duty consigned to him by the constitution to take care that the laws be faithfully executed to reduce the refractory to obedience the troops of new jersey and pennsylvania were directed to rendezvous at bedford and those of maryland and virginia at cumberland on the potomac the command of the expedition had been conferred to governor lee of virginia and the governors of new jersey and pennsylvania commanded the militia of their respective states under him the president in person visited each division of the army but being confident that the force employed must look down all resistance he left the secretary of the treasury to accompany it and returned himself to philadelphia where the approaching session of congress required his presence quelled by the prompt and vigorous measures of the government from cumberland and bedford the army marched in two divisions into the country of the insurgents the greatness of the force prevented the effusion of blood the disaffected did not venture to assemble in arms several of the leaders who had refused to give assurances of future submission to the laws were seized and some of them detained for legal prosecution but although no direct and open opposition was made the spirit of insurrection was not subdued a sour and malignant temper displayed itself which indicated but too plainly that the disposition to resist had only sunk under the pressure of the great military force brought into the country but would rise again should that force be withdrawn it was therefore thought advisable to station for the winter a detachment to be commanded by major-general morgan in the centre of the disaffected country thus without shedding a drop of blood did the prudent vigour of the executive terminate an insurrection which at one time threatened to shake the government of the united states to its foundation that so perverse a spirit should have been excited in the bosom of prosperity without the pressure of a single grievance is among those political phenomena which occur not unfrequently in the course of human affairs and which the statesman can never safely disregard when real ills are felt there is something positive and perceptible of to which the judgment may be directed the actual extent of which may be ascertained and the cause of which may be discerned but when the mind inflamed by supposititious dangers gives a full loose to the imagination and fastens upon some object with which to disturb itself the belief that the danger exists seems to become a matter of faith with which reason combats in vain under a government emanating entirely from the people and with an administration whose sole object was their happiness the public mind was violently agitated with apprehensions of a powerful and secret combination against liberty which was to discover itself by the total overthrow of the republican system that those who were charged with these designs were as destitute of the means as of the will to effect them did not shake the firm belief of their existence disregarding the apparent partiality of the administration for france so far as that partiality was compatible with an honest neutrality the zealots of the day ascribed its incessant labours for the preservation of peace to a temper hostile to the french republic and while 
themselves loudly imprecating the vengeance of heaven and earth on one of the belligerents and openly rejoicing in the victories of the other while impetuously rushing into a war with britain and pressing measures which would render accommodation impracticable they attributed a system calculated to check them in this furious career not to that genuine american spirit which produced it but to an influence which so far as opinions are to depend on facts has at no time insinuated itself into the councils of the united states in popular governments the resentments the suspicions and the disgusts produced in the legislature by warm debate and the chagrin of defeat by the desire of gaining or the fear of losing power and which are created by personal views among the leaders of parties will infallibly extend to the body of the nation not only will those causes of dissatisfaction be urged which really operate on the minds of intelligent men but every instrument will be seized which can effect the purpose and the passions will be inflamed by whatever may serve to irritate them among the multiplied evils generated by faction it is perhaps not the least that it has a tendency to abolish all distinction between virtue and vice and to prostrate those barriers which the wise and good have erected for the protection of morals and which are defended solely by opinion the victory of the party becomes the great object and too often all measures are deemed right or wrong as they tend to promote or impede it the attainment of the end is considered as the supreme good and the detestable doctrine is adopted that the end will justify the means the mind habituated to the extenuation of acts of moral turpitude becomes gradually contaminated and loses that delicate sensibility which instinctively inspires horror for vice and respect for virtue in the intemperate abuse which was cast on the principal measures of the government and on those who supported them in the violence with which the discontents of the opponents to those measures were expressed and especially in the denunciations which were uttered against them by the democratic societies the friends of the administration searched for the causes of that criminal attempt which had been made in the western parts of pennsylvania to oppose the will of the nation by force of arms had those misguided men believed that this opposition was to be confined within their own narrow limits they could not have been so mad or so weak as to have engaged in it the ideas of the president on this subject were freely given to several of his confidential friends the real people he said occasionally assembled in order to express their sentiments on political subjects ought never to be confounded with permanent self-appointed societies usurping the right to control the constituted authorities and to dictate to public opinion while the former was entitled to respect the latter was incompatible with all government and must either sink into general disesteem or finally overturn the established order of things meeting of congress in his speech at the opening of congress the president detailed at considerable length the progress of opposition to the laws the means employed both by the legislature and executive to appease the discontents which have been fomented and the measures which he had finally taken to reduce the refractory to submission as commander-in-chief of the militia when called into actual service he had he said visited the places of general rendezvous to obtain more correct information and to direct a plan for ulterior movements 
had there been room for a persuasion that the laws were secure from obstruction he would have caught with avidity at the opportunity of restoring the militia to their families and homes but succeeding intelligence had tended to manifest the necessity of what had been done it being now confessed by those who were not inclined to exaggerate the ill conduct of the insurgents that their malevolence was not pointed merely to a particular law but that a spirit inimical to all order had actuated many of the offenders after bestowing a high encomium on the alacrity and promptitude with which persons in every station had come forward to assert the dignity of the laws thereby furnishing an additional proof that they understood the true principles of government and liberty and felt their inseparable union he added democratic societies to every description indeed of citizens let praise be given but let them persevere in their affectionate vigilance over that precious depository of american happiness the constitution of the united states and when in the calm moments of reflection they shall have retraced the origin and progress of the insurrection let them determine whether it has not been fomented by combinations of men who careless of consequences and disregarding the unerring truth that those who rouse cannot always appease a civil convulsion have disseminated from an ignorance or perversion of facts suspicions jealousies and accusations of the whole government the president could not omit this fair occasion once more to press on congress a subject which had always been near his heart after mentioning the defectiveness of the existing system he said the devising and establishing of a well-regulated militia would be a genuine source of legislative honor and a perfect title to public gratitude i therefore entertain a hope that the present session will not pass without carrying to its full energy the power of organizing arming and disciplining the militia and thus providing in the language of the constitution for calling them forth to execute the laws of the union suppress insurrections and repel invasions after mentioning the intelligence from the army under the command of general wayne and the state of indian affairs he again called the attention of the house of representatives to a subject scarcely less interesting than a system of defence against external and internal violence the time he said which has elapsed since the commencement of our fiscal measures has developed our pecuniary resources so as to open the way for a definitive plan for the redemption of the public debt it is believed that the result is such as to encourage congress to consummate this work without delay nothing can more promote the permanent welfare of the union and nothing would be more grateful to our constituents indeed whatever is unfinished of our system of public credit cannot be benefited by procrastination and as far as may be practicable we ought to place that credit on grounds which cannot be disturbed and to prevent that progressive accumulation of debt which must ultimately endanger all governments he referred to subsequent communications for certain circumstances attending the intercourse of the united states with foreign nations however he added it may not be unseasonable to announce 
that my policy in our foreign transactions has been to cultivate peace with all the world to observe treaties with pure and inviolate faith to check every deviation from the line of impartiality to explain what may have been misapprehended and correct what may have been injurious to any nation and having thus acquired the right to lose no time in acquiring the ability to insist upon justice being done to ourselves in the senate an answer was reported which contained the following clause our anxiety arising from the licentious and open resistance to the laws in the western counties of pennsylvania has been increased by the proceedings of certain self-created societies relative to the laws and administration of the government proceedings in our apprehension founded in political error calculated if not intended to disorganize our government and which by inspiring delusive hopes of support have been instrumental in misleading our fellow-citizens in the scene of insurrection the address proceeded to express the most decided approbation of the conduct of the president in relation to the insurgents and after noticing the different parts of the speech concluded with saying at a period so momentous in the affairs of nations the temperate just and firm policy that you have pursued in respect of foreign powers has been eminently calculated to promote the great and essential interests of our country and has created the fairest title to the public gratitude and thanks to this unequivocal approbation of the policy adopted by the executive with regard to foreign nations no objections were made the clause respecting democratic societies was seriously opposed but the party in favor of the administration had been strengthened in the senate by recent events and the address reported by the committee was agreed to without alteration the same spirit did not prevail in the house of representatives in that branch of the legislature the opposition party continued to be the most powerful and the respect of their leaders for the person and character of the chief magistrate was visibly diminishing his interference with a favorite system was not forgotten and the mission of mr jay still rankled in their bosoms the address prepared by the committee to whom the speech was referred omitted to notice those parts which respected self-created societies the victory of general wayne and the policy observed by the executive in its intercourse with foreign nations on a motion being made by mr dayton to amend it by inserting a clause which should express the satisfaction of the house at the success of the army under general wayne mr madison said that it had been the wish of the committee who framed the address to avoid the minutiae of the speech but as a desire was manifested to amplify particular parts it might not be amiss to glance at the policy observed towards foreign nations he therefore moved to amend the amendment by adding the words solicitous also as we are for the preservation of peace with all nations we cannot otherwise than warmly approve of our policy in our foreign transactions which keeps in view as well the maintenance of our national rights as the continuance of that blessing mr hillhouse wished the word your to be substituted for the article a that the answer might point not to an abstract policy but to that of the executive and thus have a direct application to the speech 
this motion produced a warm discussion which terminated in a request that mr madison would withdraw his amendment the friends of the administration being of opinion that it was more eligible to pass over that part of the speech in silence than to answer it in terms so equivocal as those to which alone the house seemed willing to assent a proposition was then made by mr fitzsimmons to introduce into the address a clause declaring that in tracing the origin and progress of the insurrection they the house of representatives entertain no doubt that certain self-created societies and combinations of men careless of consequences and disregarding truth by disseminating suspicions jealousies and accusations of the government have had an influence in fomenting this daring outrage against the principles of social order and the authority of the laws this attempt to censure certain organized assemblages of factious individuals who under the imposing garb of watchfulness over liberty conceal designs subversive of all those principles which preserve the order the peace and the happiness of society was resisted by the whole force of the opposition a very eloquent and animated debate ensued which terminated in the committee by striking out the words self-created societies forty-seven voting for and forty-five against expunging them the question was resumed in the house and the chairman of the committee being opposed in sentiment to the speaker who was now placed in the chair the majority was precisely changed and the words were reinstated this victory however if it may be termed one was soon lost a motion for confining the centre to societies and combinations within the four western counties of pennsylvania and the adjacent country succeeded by the casting vote of the speaker above which the friends of the amendment gave it up and the address was voted without expressing any sentiment on the subject this triumph over the administration revived for a moment the drooping energies of these pernicious societies but it was only for a moment the agency ascribed to them by the opinion of the public as well as of the president in producing an insurrection which was generally execrated had essentially affected them and while languishing under this wound they received a deadly blow from a quarter whence hostility was least expected the remnant of the french convention rendered desperate by the ferocious despotism of the jacobins and of the sanguinary tyrant who had made himself their chief perceiving that the number of victims who were immolated as his caprice might suggest instead of satiating could only stimulate his appetite for blood had at length sought for safety by boldly confronting danger and succeeding in a desperate attempt to bring robespierre to the guillotine had terminated his reign of terror the Colosseum power of the clubs which have been abused to an excess that gives to faithful history the appearance of fiction fell with that of their favourite member and they sunk into long-merited disgrace the means by which their political influence had been maintained were wrested from them and in a short time their meetings were prohibited not more certain is it that the boldest streams must disappear if the fountains which fed them be emptied than was the dissolution of the democratic societies of america when the jacobin clubs were denounced by france as if their destinies depended on the same thread the political death of the former was the unerring signal for that of the latter and their expiring struggles incapable of deferring their fate only attested the reluctance with which they surrendered their much-abused power notwithstanding the disagreement between the executive and one branch of the legislature concerning self-created societies 
and the policy observed towards foreign nations the speech of the president was treated with marked respect and the several subjects which it recommended engaged the immediate attention of congress a bill was passed authorizing the president to station a detachment of militia in the four western counties of pennsylvania provision was made to compensate those whose property had been destroyed by the insurgents should those who had committed the injury be unable to repair it and an appropriation exceeding one million one hundred thousand dollars was made to defray the expenses occasioned by the insurrection many of the difficulties which had occurred in drawing out the militia were removed and a bill was introduced to give greater energy to the militia system generally but this subject possessed so many intrinsic difficulties that the session passed away without effecting anything respecting it a bill for the gradual redemption of the national debt was more successful the president had repeatedly and earnestly recommended to the legislature the adoption of measures which might effect this favorite object but although that party which had been reproached with a desire to accumulate debt as a means of subverting the republican system had uniformly manifested a disposition to carry this recommendation into effect their desire had hitherto been opposed by obstacles they were unable to surmount professions of an anxious solicitude to discharge the national engagements without providing the means of actual payment might gratify those who consider words as things but would be justly estimated by men who neither condemning indiscriminately nor approving blindly all the measures of government expect that in point of fact it shall be rightly and honestly administered on the friends of the administration therefore it was incumbent to provide real substantial funds which should attest the sincerity of their professions this provision could not be made without difficulty the duty on imported articles and on tonnage though rapidly augmenting could not immediately be rendered sufficiently productive to meet alone the various exigencies of the treasury and yield a surplus for the secure establishment of a permanent fund to redeem the principal of the debt additional sources of revenue must therefore be explored or the idea of reducing the debt be abandoned new taxes are the never-failing sources of discontent to those who pay them and will ever furnish weapons against those who impose them too operative not to be seized by their antagonists in a government where popularity is power it requires no small degree of patriotism to encounter the odium which however urgently required they seldom failed to excite ready faith is given to the declaration that they are unjust tyrannical and unnecessary and no inconsiderable degree of firmness is requisite to persevere in a course attended with so much political hazard the opposition made to the internal taxes which commenced in congress had extended itself through the community although only the act imposing duties on spirits distilled within the united states had been resisted by force yet such a degree of irritation was manifested against the whole system as to evince the repugnance with which a large portion of the people saw it go into operation the duties on refined sugars and manufactured tobacco especially were censured in terms which would authorize an opinion that a defective power rather than of will to resist the execution of the law confined some of its opponents to remonstrances nothing could be more unfriendly than this spirit to the reduction of the debt the reports of the secretary of the treasury having suggested the several steps which had been taken by congress in the system of internal taxation he was justly considered as its author 
the perseverance which marked the character of this officer gave full assurance that no clamour would deter him from continuing to recommend measures which he believed to be essential to the due administration of the finances that the establishment of public credit on a sound basis was all-important to the character and prosperity of the united states constituted one of those political maxims to which he invariably adhered and to effect it completely seems to have been among the first objects of his ambition he had bestowed upon this favourite subject the most attentive consideration and while the legislature was engaged in the discussion of a report made by a select committee on a resolution moved by mr smith of south carolina purporting that further provision ought to be made for the reduction of the debt addressed a letter to the house of representatives through their speaker informing them that he had digested and prepared a plan on the basis of the actual revenues for the further support of public credit which he was ready to communicate the comprehensive and valuable report presented the result of his laborious and useful investigations on a subject equally intricate and interesting this was the last official act of colonel hamilton the penurious provision made for those who filled the high executive departments in the american government excluded from a long continuance in office all those whose fortunes were moderate and whose professional talents placed a decent independence within their reach while slandered as the accumulator of thousands by illicit means colonel hamilton had wasted in the public service great part of the property acquired by his previous labors and had found himself compelled to decide on retiring from his political station the accusations brought against him in the last session of the second congress had postponed the execution of his design until opportunity should be afforded for a more full investigation of his official conduct but he informed the president that on the close of the session to meet in december seventeen ninety three he should resign his situation in the administration the events which accumulated about that time in which were he said in a letter to the president of a nature to render the continuance of peace in a considerable degree precarious deferred his meditated retreat i do not perceive he added that i could voluntarily quit my post at such a juncture consistently with considerations either of duty or character and therefore i find myself reluctantly obliged to defer the offer of my resignation but if any circumstances should have taken place in consequence of the intimation of an intention to resign or should otherwise exist which served to render my continuance in office in any degree inconvenient or ineligible i beg leave to assure you sir that i should yield to them with all the readiness naturally inspired by an impatient desire to relinquish the situation in which even a momentary stay is opposed by the strongest personal and family reasons and could only be produced by a sense of duty or reputation seventeen ninety five resignation of colonel hamilton assurances being given by the president of the pleasure with which the intelligence that he would continue at his post through the crisis was received he remained in office until the commencement of the ensuing year on the first of december immediately on his return from the western country the dangers of domestic insurrection or foreign war having subsided he gave notice that he should on the last day of january give in his resignation seldom has any minister excited the opposite passions of love and hate in a higher degree than colonel hamilton his talents were too pre-eminent not to receive from all the tribute of profound respect and his integrity and honour as a man not less than his official rectitude though slandered at a distance were admitted to be superior to reproach by those enemies who knew him 
but with respect to his political principles and designs the most contradictory opinions were entertained while one party sincerely believed his object to be the preservation of the constitution of the united states in its original purity the other which perhaps equal sincerity imputed to him the insidious intention of subverting it while his friends were persuaded that as a statesman he viewed all foreign nations with an equal eye his enemies could perceive in his conduct only hostility to france and attachment to her rival it was his fortune to hold a conspicuous station in times which were peculiarly tempestuous and under circumstances peculiarly unfavourable to the fair action of the judgment in the midst of prejudice against the national debt which had taken deep root and had long been nourished he was called to the head of a department whose duty it was to contend with those prejudices and to offer a system which in doing justice to the creditor of the public might retrieve the reputation of his country while the passions were inflamed by a stern contest between the advocates of a national and of state governments duties were assigned to him in the execution of which there were frequent occasions to manifest his devotion to the former when a raging fever caught from that which was desolating france and exhibiting some of its symptoms had seized the public mind and reached its understanding it was unfavourable to his quiet and perhaps to his fame that he remained uninfected by the disease he judged the french revolution without prejudice and had the courage to predict that it could not terminate in a free and popular government such opinions at such a time could not fail to draw a load of obloquy upon a man whose frankness gave them publicity and whose boldness and decision of character ensured them an able and steady support the suspicions they were calculated to generate derived great additional force from the political theories he was understood to hold it was known that in his judgment the constitution of the united states was rather chargeable with imbecility than censurable for its too great strength and that the real sources of danger to american happiness and liberty were to be found in its want of the means to effect the objects of its institution in its being exposed to the encroachments of the states not in the magnitude of its powers without attempting to conceal these opinions he declared his perfect acquiescence in the decision of his country his hope that the issue would be fortunate and his firm determination in whatever might depend upon his exertions to give the experiment the fairest chance for success no part of his political conduct has been perceived which would inspire doubts of the sincerity of these declarations his friends may appeal with confidence to his official acts to all his public conduct for the refutation of those charges which were made against him while at the head of the treasury department and were continued without interruption till he ceased to be the object of jealousy in the esteem and good opinion of the president to whom he was best known colonel hamilton at all times maintained a high place while balancing on the mission to england and searching for a person to whom the interesting negotiation with that government should be confided the mind of the chief magistrate was directed among others to this gentleman he carried with him out of office the same cordial esteem for his character and respect for his talents which had induced his appointment End of chapter three part two